0: How many of you knew that Alexander Hamilton, one of the founding fathers of the United States, was born on the Caribbean island of Nevis? Join us as we take you on a tour of this beautiful island. Welcome to Tripcast 360, the podcast of lively banter about travel, tourism, and entertainment. I am David Cumberbatch, coming to you from New York, and I'm joined by America's whitest black kid, which happens to be the subtitle of his book, 7 to 10 Split. Now on Amazon, my co-host, Michael Gordon Bennett.
1: Hey, man, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on, man? Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to getting into today's show a little bit. Uh, 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 A Caribbean island nation that I have never
0: been to. You know, Michael, St. Kitts and Nevis is scheduled to reopen its borders in October. This would allow for the resumption of air and sea commercial traffic carrying international passengers into into its ports. That's good news.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's not only good for the destination, just from a straight-out tourist standpoint, but I also think it's time I mean, we're not going to be normal for a while. There's this is a new normal, but uh, y- you know, people need to get away. Um, and what better place to go than the Nevis and, and Saint Kitts? Just you know, you need a break from this. There, there's so much COVID discussion that is actually weighing down the uh, population of the entire planet. And on some level, you just need a chance to collect your wits about you. And what a better place to do it than Nevis? So, uh, before we jump into today's show and you you introduce our guest, um, I just wanted to go over a a few housekeeping notes. Uh, You can catch our show at TripCast360.com on our website, TripCast360.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please share, subscribe, and like us with your friends and family. we, we really like bringing these to you and we would really appreciate it if you would share this with us. Also, make sure to visit our website. Again, that's tripcast360.com. We just introduced a featured story section and we will soon launch something called 360 Quick Takes. Quick Takes are informative nuggets of information that you can read in less than a minute uh, and You know, There's a lot of stories in the travel and tourism space that don't warrant a lengthy uh, 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 write-up and a lengthy story. So these quick takes are just a way that you can just get yourself informed in a hurry about something happening in the industry and then just move on with the rest of your day or plan your vacation.
0: You can also follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter on our website, TripCast360.com. Cool.
1: Now, uh, why don't you go ahead and and get our guest in here, because he's going to give us the
0: 411 on Nevis. Today on the show, we'll be talking to Greg Phillips. Greg currently serves as CEO of the Nevis Sun Tours, a tour operator and destination management company in St. Kitts and Nevis. Prior to that, he was the CEO of the Nevis Tourism Authority. He is also the Chairman of the Nevis Division of the St. Kitts and Nevis Chamber of Industry and Commerce and the Director of the Chamber's National Board. Currently, he is the Race Director for both the Nevis Triathlon and the Nevis Marathon and Running Festival. He is also a Board Member of the Nevis Cooperative Credit Union. He has produced and hosted the television radio commentary show, Issues and Perspectives, I was also the host of the sports development show, Beyond the Game. Michael, what an impressive career.
1: Well, you may as well get him in here right now because this dude has pretty much done everything. And I think you and I should be humbled in this uh, appearance on our show. And we'll bow down to you, man. You, Your, your resume is loaded. Welcome, Greg. <laughs>
2: Well, well, thanks. I haven't done everything yet. This is my this is the first time I'm doing this podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we
1: won't hold that against you. When
2: we're done, you could say, "Okay, he's done everything."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: man, that that is one loaded bio. You seem to have crammed a lot into your short time on this earth of ten years. Uh, how did you pull that all off? <laughs> oh
2: no, man, it's honestly it's it's just been, I think. um, where there's opportunities to really help and do something positive, so I mean the parts you read are the most significant parts as far as it relates to um, what we're doing today with tourism, etc. But you know, here in the Caribbean and especially in small countries like we have, um, if you if you have an ability and opportunity it's your responsibility to do something in your country to really try and progress it, especially if it's in travel and tourism. And that's simply what I've, what I've done.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Um, uh, I'll start you off with a a question. You know, a lot of the Caribbean island nations, they all have beautiful beaches and sand and sun. Um, What makes Nevis stand out? What makes them different? um, Different than some of the other island nations?
2: But the first thing for me is really the fact that um, Nevis has Sinkets and Sinkets has Nevis. And I say that in the true sense of the word because yes, on the one hand, we're one country but the proximity of these two islands um, allows you, a traveler to go from one island to the other without any hassle whatsoever and it's only about six minutes. But apart from that, you get you get from one island to the other and you realize that these islands are so close. They're one country but they're really so different. You, you really wonder I mean, what, what happened. I mean, how in the world can these two islands be so close to each other and yet so different? I mean, the accents are different. Um, the pace of life is different. It's it's very refreshing in my view, and I think that once you're once you're a traveler and you're on vacation, you realize that you come to a place like St. Nevis. that's really what makes it stand out, because, you know, Nevis is such a place you show up and it's like, ah, you know, the island itself, it speaks to you and tells you, relax. And then you go to Sinkit. it has this, this personality that is just big and outgoing. And it, it really says to you, it's time to enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, 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 so it's a great sort of, sort of yin and yang um, competitive advantage that we have for people who are traveling in the Caribbean.
1: So which one which one of the two islands do you think Dave would be most comfortable on? The rest and relaxation
0: or the party?
2: Um, we'll have to leave Dave somewhere <laughs> in the middle.
0: <laughs> hey, Greg, I've never been to Nevis. I'm all excited about going there. Take me on a five-day tour across Nevis.
2: Five-day tour of Nevis. Okay, you show up on Nevis. One, one of the things that you're really and truly going to first recognize is that you don't have to look far for our history. You can't come to Nevis and escape the history because we we basically live in it. We work in it. I mean, we travel through it. So once you're, once you're on Nevis, especially if you're staying in one of our smaller hotels, you'll realize that most of our small hotels are really themselves historic sites. So if you went on an island tour, and we'll suggest that, you, you get an opportunity to see all these different hotels these different historic sites that are really hotels but the tour of nevis while we talk about history um, we'll go to charlestown and charlestown is um the center of commerce for nevis but once you're in charlestown you realize that the architecture of the place is is very different um, it's not a place where you are looking at buildings that are tall and shiny um, the tallest buildings in Charlestown would be um, three stories high. But apart from that, they have this really um, colonial look, whether they are new or they're um, centuries old, they all have a similar look and that's really deliberate. But you go go through Charlestown and you're recognizing the depth of history that Nevis has. And at the same time, you're, recognizing that, especially if you're from North America, that there's so many things here on Nevis that you can really relate to. So there's the birthplace of Alexander Hamilton, for example, and you travel through town and you see places and you'll hear about places that um, he would have had experience with when he was here back in the middle of the 1700s. And then you're still traveling around Nevis and you're, you're seeing that many of many of the saw the churches on Nevis, of which um, by by the last count, apparently we have about 62 churches on Nevis, which is a lot for a very small island that has maybe 13,000 people. Um, but even those are quite quite historic. And then the other thing that you definitely will recognize on Nevis is the food, the food, the food. And we love food. And you'll, you'll see that the cuisine here on Nevis is, um, Really really, a sort of cuisine that can you can't you can 't have a vacation on Nevis and not um, really get an opportunity to enjoy the unique cuisine um, if you' I say unique i 'm talking about the fact that it's it's wide ranging in a sense that yeah you can you can get um, lots of foods that maybe at some of the hotels that would take you um, into some some of the, the categories of food that you're quite familiar with, but what what I really encourage people to do is yeah get off the beaten path and go find places that are not um, not places that say are uh, tourist traps. Not that there's tourist traps in Nevis, but you, you know you'll you'll go to places that only villagers know about, only locals know about, and you really and truly immerse yourself into the, the division culture that way, because while you're at the hotels, yes, you'll, you will be immersed in Nevis culture in the sense that you'll, you'll interact with so many people that are from there. And that's one of the great things about Nevis still, that um, you're, you're not going to hotels and recognizing that, well, um, where's the culture? Where the, where the, where's the local culture? Because you're interacting with people from so many different parts of the world or different parts of the Caribbean. You go to the hotels by and large, you're dealing with local people within the visions and what's great about that is that you really get to interact with them but when you step out and you go into the villages and you're interacting with the people then you know you're really beginning to see and feel the culture because these are not people who are working these are these are people who are just hanging out and you're you're having an opportunity to really and truly deal with them and it, you know I'm, I once had had a, connect, a connection with someone who was here um, traveling and they got to the hotel and the, the morning I picked them up, they asked the question, why is everybody being so nice? Is it because they're working?
0: That's I, because they're not Americans. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, but, but, you know, I, Dave, I usually tell that story because, man, it's, um, it's, not, it's not a situation where people are nice because they're working. It's just us. And, and when you get out and you recognize there yeah, that this is the natural, the natural hospitality of the island, this is one of the thing that, things that really characterizes us. And, and frankly, it's not, it's not really something that I like to spend too much time talking about, the fact that we have nice people. I like to let people experience that for themselves because there's no destination that you're going to go to and they tell you, oh, oh people are not nice. Everybody has nice people. Well, yeah.
1: I, I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna interject something before Dave asks his question because I wish we had a camera on you right now where we could share this with our audience. Seeing the smile on your face as you described Nevis to Dave and I just now is priceless. I I honestly wish we could have captured this on camera because, uh, you know, obviously we're a podcast, so the audience can't see you, but we can see you. Man, if if that smile on your face is indicative of what a tourist will get when they get to Nevis, we've just hit a home run. Well,
2: the reality is, I mean, I have to. Why why should I not smile? I'm really talking about home. I'm talking about place where I live and I wake up every day and sometimes it hits me that I'm doing I'm doing things that I wouldn't be able to do anywhere else you know and I'm I wake up and I look at the view from home and I mean that just hits you and it's like yeah look where I live how can I not smile and <laughs> yeah, and, and how can how can I not be be um happy to share that with with people who travel
0: permit me to go back to Alexander Hamilton He has roots on Nevis, he has roots there on the island. However, today most people associate Alexander Hamilton's life first and foremost with the hit Broadway hip-hop musical. But a more intimate experience can be had on Nevis, where this United States founding father lived until he was nine years old. That certainly has a lot of significance.
2: Yeah, it, it is a major tourist attraction, and, and the reason why it's increased over the years as a tourist attraction is really because of the play, Hamilton, and it doesn't specifically mention Nevis, but one thing that we've been able to do as an island with our promotion is really to connect um, the play with the island and truly tell the story while the play is popular that this is a place where he was born, so um, to, to a degree. That in itself has done a lot in terms of making the island a little more popular and also increasing the, the opportunities for people to hear about Nevis and come to Nevis and um want to find out about Alexander Hamilton while they're here. So so that's a key thing. But now you, you talk about the average person on Nevis and um, their connection with it. I, I think that the average person on Nevis know about um the fact that Hamilton is from here. I mean, they can't miss it. They learn about it in school, etc. cetera. Um, and is it a sense of pride? I'll say yes, it is a sense of pride. But what, what is, what you, you sometimes, especially at the height of the play, you, you heard people um, who would talk about Alexander Hamilton. The reality is, it's not about, it's not so much about what Alexander Hamilton would have done in the past. I mean, he, he's a, if he was alive, he would be approaching 300 years old, which is interesting, but <laughs> um, if, if he was, if you look back can't say so what did he do for the um, Because back then it was just a place and he moved far away from it. But what's, what's real now is what, what is Alexander Hamlin and his memory really doing for the island at this point? And that's one of the key things I think about um, the, the reality of history. And in addition to the reality of history, it's about how can we take history and make it work for us today as a tourism destination, Um, especially at a time like now when um, a figure, historical figure like him, is all of a sudden um, really in the news. It's about how can we, as a small destination in the Caribbean, um, cause his memory and his current popularity to really benefit. Nice.
1: Now, I, I've never been to Nevis, so I'm going to ask a question based I'm, on something. i saying
2: that. You're, you're saying that too much.
1: No, because you're going to the reason I'm saying that is I'm trying to drop a hint. Uh, Greg, when are you having me come? Uh,
2: <laughs> Dave, Dave will organize that. Okay,
1: thank you. <laughs> and Dave, Dave will pay for it too. anyway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, you had mentioned earlier that a lot of uh, your smaller properties have historical significance. Uh, yes. kind, of, kind of give us a little sense of the the types of smaller properties that have that historical significance and, and also juxtapose that against, I know you probably got some larger, more traditional touristy resorts that people would go to. Kind of set the stage for us on the historical ones.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, let me say this. Nevis is a unique place in the sense that we have different types of accommodations. But when you talk about hotels, the reality is the exclusivity of the island speaks to the fact that we have just over 400, well, just under, sorry, 400 hotel rooms on the entire island, the largest, largest of which is the Four Seasons, and they have 196 rooms. That's it. Um, the, the other hotels, the next largest one, um, has 36 rooms. So your stays, you're, real, you're really speaking about a place where you're coming and the exclusivity of your stay, even though you may not be in a five-star hotel with some, some of the smaller ones, but you're showing up to breakfast and you're being served by the same people every day. They, they're getting to know you. Just that, that experience in itself is a great one. So we have um, a couple of hotels that have, that have rooms in the 30s. So there's, firstly, Nisbet Plantation Beach Club. And this is a plantation hotel, the, the only plantation hotel in the Caribbean that's on the beach. And they have, they have 36 rooms. And, you know, it, it's really sort of a traditional um, sort of Caribbean hotel in the sense that it's not one building, you know, you're, you're in cottages but it's a coconut plantation. So your cottage, uh, the cottages are among the coconut trees on the beach. And then you also have Orly Beach Hotel. And Orly has um, 32 rooms. Um, this is a four star, is three star. And Orly Beach is obviously on the beach. Um, and that one is, you know, great for families. It's a great beach. If you're, if you're an active person, there's lots of activities there to do. You can rent bikes, um, deep-sea fishing, kayaking, that sort of stuff. But then you start um, getting away from the sort of beachy hotels and you're going into the hills. So you have Mount Nevis Hotel. Um, they they have just over 30 rooms also. And then you're going into some of the smaller ones with, with a bit more history. You're at um, the Hermitage Plantation. Hermitage has um, 12, 12 rooms. Then there's Montpellier Plantation and Beach. They have 19 rooms. They are up in the hills also, but they, this is a hotel that's um their restaurant is really a chateau. They are famed for the fact that when Princess Diana was here in the early nineties, that's where she stayed. And then there's the Golden Rock. Golden Rock has eleven rooms and Golden Rock again, it's um it's very small, but you go there and you're you're really you're really in a nice spot. It's like waking up in the botanical gardens every day. But reason these are historic sites is because these were on um, traditional plantations so these are these are basically old plantations that have been turned into hotels nice nice nice
1: <clears throat> I see that smile on your face again I'm just going to keep mentioning that to our <laughs> audience so they really get what you're what, what we're <laughs> seeing here uh and and I also like the quaint of the the properties i personally like when i travel like smaller properties. they like the 30 room places or smaller because it's just a it's a more intimate setting especially if i'm trying to get away from the hustle and bustle of like new york where day lives or I i actually live in las vegas and it's just busy all the time so that that's quaintness works for me one of the things i i did notice from looking at your website uh and Mm -hmm. and kind of preparing for this is there's a lot of outdoor activities above and beyond just the traditional, you know, normally when you go to the Caribbean, you're thinking about scuba diving and snorkeling and, and and maybe doing a little fishing, but you have a lot of outdoor activities like, you know, climbing mountains, hiking. Uh, I saw from the bio that Dave read on the intro that you guys have got a couple of triathlons and marathons. Give us a little sense of that because to me, that seems unique to the Caribbean.
0: Michael, just to let you know, Greg is also a cyclist.
1: Ah, welcome to the club. I I started three months ago.
2: Yeah. (laughs) They have have cycling shoes to fit you? (laughs)
1: Uh, I I I do do it barefoot. I'm barefoot, buddy. (laughs) I'm hard. I like that, Greg. (laughs) My my feet bleed, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Greg, I'll tell you, the difference between you cycling and Nevis and visitors cycling in nevis and the native cycling in nevis is that you've got all that lush you've got all that beauty the only thing michael has in in vegas a cactus come on you can't touch that
1: <laughs> and, 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 and the occasional snake
2: <laughs> and the occasional snake big big on, we, we don't we don't have any we, we can't compare <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I know you're a cyclist, first of all, give us a cycle cycling tour. Uh, uh, I mean, you guys have a lot of really good outdoor activities. Like I said, yeah. a lot of Caribbean nations don't offer that.
2: Well, see, so, um, for for us at Navy Antu, you've ever have ever been on a vacation and came back and you you think about it. Or if you want to think about the best vacation you ever had, what made it? And for me when I think about it, it is the experience. It is it is okay. the fact that I was there and I did something that I really felt a connection with, something that I'm still thinking about even maybe years after. Something yeah. something that really and truly made me feel good. And that's exactly what we're what we're trying to do with New So you'll recognize that we, we have a we have a, a walk that happens in the morning that's it's called the wake up village walk. We don't have a village called wake up village, but it, it's, it's a walk that takes place early enough in the morning. morning. When the villagers just, right. Yeah. And <laughs> the village are just waking up, you know, so you, so you're, you're walking I away. Mean, it's, it's quiet and you're, you're going, you're going through a village and, and you're doing it with a guide that is from the village that can tell you about things and, you know, you're, you're interacting with people who are probably up early. You're seeing the animals, you know, when they're going out to pasture and but those those sort of things. Um, I remember a few years ago, I was in Dominica, and I stayed at um, Fort Young Hotel. And I woke up every day and went running um, through this village called Newtown. And it's just the nicest run early in the morning. And one afternoon I decided to walk through that village at four o'clock and I was just shocked. <laughs> I, I mean, it was, it, it just was not the same place. It just wasn't the same place. And, and it's, it's that sort of thing that you're, you can be in the small place and just the changes that happen throughout the day, it's, it's one place when, when everybody's awake and hustle and bustle is going well. Nevis is hustle and bustle isn't everybody it's very quiet but <laughs> nonetheless it, it's it's different when you when when you can sort of flip that switch and you you realize that you're in a totally different place so yeah. we sort of play on those side of things to give people a great experience that they can remember and connect with so you recognize that we we also have a cycling tour now we have a walking tour of Charleston we also have a cycling tour of Charleston. yeah it's the same it's the same place but I promise you, if you did both, it's a different experience. And those are the things that we try to do. But through all of them, in some way, shape or form, we make sure that they are as authentic as possible. It's about the authenticity. If you're, if you're showing up at a place and, and everything is artificial, when I say artificial, it's like, well, these things are only happening because it's for the tourists, it's for the visitors. It's, it's there to give them a cheap thrill. No, it's, it's not like that, and that's not what we present because we, we really and truly believe that the best vacations are the ones where you had a, a truly immersive experience and an experience which really are experience, experiences that are authentic and memorable, memorable in a good way. Those are the things that we try to do Why you see the, the, the types of tours that we, that we have. For
1: for that walking tour, how early does Dave have to wake up from his uh, rum induced coma? Seven
2: o'clock, not too early. It starts Uh, at seven, so not uh, not too I'm just asking for a friend. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) You have um, many friends called Dave then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got a lot of friends called Dave.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Greg, I'm glad you touched on the cycling because we recently interviewed someone who. Cycles throughout Europe. He's from here in the United States and he's found a way to merge cycling and photography together. Michael, maybe you can uh, talk more about that.
1: Yeah, his his name is uh, Kevin Winning and Mm. uh, we interviewed him probably about a month and a half ago. And what he does is he does cycling tours. He did Morocco. Uh, I know he's planning one, I want to say, in the Tuscany region. Uh, yeah. In France, uh, I know he also went to New Zealand, and mm-hmm. he always likes to say he gets lost. He goes on these adventures by himself so he can investigate the destination beforehand and then he comes back and uh, sets up these tours and he 's also a avid. And a darn good photographer, photographer his, his, yeah. his work is stunning, and so he 's turned that into a business that 's what he does he He plans these cycling trips, and they average he told us around fifty miles a day, and he incorporates them in such a way to where they 're doing cycling for part of the day and let's say you have a spouse uh who doesn't like to cycle but likes to go shopping or something they set them up in such a way to where the cycling is early in the morning and they get to spend the rest of the day doing something else with their loved ones and it, it's a great way so when i hear you talking about cycling um and what you have to offer uh i, I think that's a, a great way to experience something that's yes. different
2: well i mean what does it doesn't it mean that everybody's taking pictures Oh, it's just him taking pictures. What? Oh no, he,
1: everybody takes a picture. And by the way, he um his profession is also photography, but he doesn't require you to bring the, you know, your $4000 camera. Some people just use an uh, a an iPhone yeah. and okay. stuff like that. And he sets it up in such a way to where if you want advice about photography while you're out riding around, he gives There's it to you. If, if you if you just want a hands-off approach and take your own pictures, he's fine okay. with that too. It's just, you know, by cycling, which is what I'm assuming happens in Nevis as well, is you get into the culture of the place that you're at, the people. You see things that you don't see if you go stay at a resort.
2: So, and one one of the things that we we really try to do to run, on, um let's take the walk into Charleston. I mean, we we really try to literally peel back the carpet and and show you some things that you wouldn't typically see. So, for example, we know that. Um, there's this Jewish cemetery in Nevis that dates back to the 1600s. And it it does have a sort of connection with Alexander Hamilton because it was the Jewish people who educated him when he was here. But you can pass by the Jewish cemetery and see it. But when we take you in there, we can show you that some some of the tombstones in there that they have Portuguese, Hebrew, Spanish, and English written on them. And that, that just shows the, the history of the Jewish people. Then there's the Anglican Church, St. Paul's Anglican Church, for example. We, when we go into that, we don't tell anybody in case they tell us not to come back. but we literally peel back the carpets in that church and show you some of the tombstones that are inside the church. because one, one of the great things about, um, one of the great things about the, the tombstones from back then going back into 161700 it wasn't it wasn't that michael bennett was born in you you know, 1940 was it? <laughs> oh, that,
1: that that that's cold <laughs> I'm,
2: surprised, I'm surprised that you're still able to ride ride a bike at your age but, never mind, but <laughs> so, uh, by, the, by the
1: way so am i <laughs>
2: it doesn't it doesn't say it doesn't say that you know michael was born in this state and died in this state and that's it you know, it, it tells you it, it, it gives you sort of a eulogy. And it, it tells you about your life. And it's just it's just really, really interesting to look at some of that stuff and just see how history just all of a sudden opens up for for you as a traveller and you remember things and you're looking at these tombstones and you recognize that some are more intricate than others, and even that tells the story of someone. So we, we, we try we try to make it um, when we talk about the history it's it 's different than just saying, "Well, this happened here right, you know, right. we show you we show you things so that you you, you form a, a sort of deeper connection a deeper understanding of it so so with, with, with the tools that you you get, it's and you, you get to understand this in a very very different way
0: Greg, uh, the mango festival let 's talk about your mango festival. I understand that international celebrity chefs and division chefs participate, huh? I also heard that it's an entire weekend totally dedicated to the mango and and the deliciously creative cuisine made with it. By the way, I learned that there are more than 200 species of mangoes on Nevis. Amazing, amazing, Greg
2: yeah we have we have lots of different types of mangoes on Nevis for a small island we're only 36 square miles, but we just have so many mangoes on this island and what's what's really interesting is that we traditionally we only eat the mangoes on Nevis. I remember when we started this mango festival somebody some somebody um made a comment on Facebook and said, You're cooking with mangoes. You're just wasting all the mangoes, you know? (laughs) We should be eating them, not cooking with them. (laughs) Because traditionally, we don't really cook with the mango. But when we think about it, again, we're we're talking about travel and tourism. And if you're in modern-day travel and tourism, one of the best things that you can do, if you're talking about tourism promotion, you must capitalize on the things that really make you different and make you stand out. And that's, that's one of the things that Nevis has is the fact that we have so many mangos on this island. So even though the mango festival um, takes us to, to down a road that we don't traditionally go with our cuisine in terms of cooking with the mango, um, it's, doing, it's doing a number of things. And, what, and why I was so passionate about it is the fact that it's helping us to expand the cuisine on the island. And at the same time, it's putting us out there and making us known for something that it's really part of us. Because, you know, if you grew up on these you have, you have a relationship with mangoes and, and that's, that's, that's the beauty about this whole thing. But um, you mentioned all these different international chefs that, that we bring to the island. You know, a lot of people would question that too, but what's, what's great about it is the fact that again, it's, it's tourism. And wherever there are celebrities, you get press. That's the first thing. And in addition to that, you, we, we found that we have this opportunity to really create something that is so different with a, with a festival that it's using an ingredient that is native to our island. But at the same time, we're bringing international chef who could, who could really expand and and use this this um, ingredient in non-traditional ways to really make the festival itself something more unique. So, for example, really, I mean, our headline chef for a number of years has been Iron Chef Jody. Jody and a former Iron Chef from the Food Network. Her her what she focuses on, her cuisine is really Korean cuisine. Um, in the past, we've we've had a chef who uh, from New York. Um, Seamus. Seamus um, chef Shemus he has a sort of Spanish fusion type cuisine that he that he concentrates on. So we like that. We've we've had a chef from Texas who is really into Texas barbecue. And every year we try to do something a little different. We've had we've had Caribbean chefs involved. Every year we have Caribbean local chefs from here in Nevis involved. And it he helps them to sort of step outside the box and do some different things. But I always say, when it's all said and done, where else in the world are you going, are you going to go and find Korean cuisine with mangoes in it, with mangoes That's being featured in it? You're not going to find that anywhere else in the world, but here on this What okay.
1: time of year is, is the Mango Festival normally? Throw COVID out of the equation. What time do you, is that festival?
2: Well, well. first of all, um, the festival is during mango season, and it's the most wonderful time of the year. I know they tell you, that song tells you that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, but it's a lie. It's mango season. And that's, <laughs> that's the, the heart of mango season is July. And so... so the festival—it's you. It usually past couple of years. Um, it's usually the first weekend of July, and the past few years, it's really coincided with um, July Fourth weekend in America. So it's usually usually the first weekend of July, and well.
1: I have a follow up question to that. Now I want to know what adult beverage mango mixes with well.
0: Oh, you're looking out for your co-host. Ah, that's a good thing.
2: Yeah, I am.
1: Yeah, I know you like rum, but mango's gotta mix with something.
2: I'm gonna disappoint you. Uh oh. Really? I, I don't drink alcohol. So I can't tell I, you. I know you don't. What, you know, that's but that's all right. Dave
1: will make up for it.
2: But I'll tell you I'll tell you what the most dangerous thing on the island is. It's the killer bee.
1: What the heck is that?
2: Really? The drink. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's a signature drink at Sunshine's Bar. So um maybe maybe that peers well with um with with the mango. I don't know what's in it because he doesn't tell anyone what's in it. All I will tell you is just have one.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, apparently it's usually the second one that gets you.
0: Can you share any experiences as to what has happened at that bar after someone has a killer bee? <laughs> I've heard
2: I've heard rumors of um people People staggering back to their hotel. <laughs> 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 we'll just leave it at that. But, but yeah, it's, um it, and one of the one of the dinners we, we we had that was very successful was outside that past So yeah, it's uh, it's it, mango festival is over four days. It, it really makes for an interesting weekend. It's in the summer, and you know if if I can just quickly talk about traveling the summer too. I mean, so. Typically on Nevis, because because, um, it's really positioned as one of these um, sort of high end destinations, Um, when you travel in the summer, a lot of these hotels that are typically um, very expensive and not so expensive because the summer is really the off season. And it's a great time to travel. You have all the, there's lots of activities going on in the summer, and you can really plan a trip around. Um, the summertime and we, we, we also sell packages related to those. So your hotel and your entry fees to different events, et cetera, would also be included in them. And that's, that's one of the great things about traveling in the summer. And, and I, I know that we're, we're talking a lot about, um, things that you can do on news. But the other great thing is that the day trips to Sinkins, you know, you, you go, you're going to Sinkets as like I said, it's a, it's a different, it's a different feel it's it's really it's it's really a different place um the personality of the island itself the personality of the people um, the hustle and bustle of it that you won't have on Nevis but you know it's it's really the the type of place that you can go to and realize just the difference between the two islands but at the same time realize that yeah there's something else just over there that that you you can also enjoy and michael if you're if you're, if you're having withdrawals because you just can't do without your fast food, don't worry, you can
1: get it on <laughs> You're you're talking to a man who detests fast food, so. Um, but you know, uh, on the way over, uh, we'll grab Dave out of the ocean and put him on the boat, yes. and then on the way back, we'll just drop Dave back in the water as we get back to Nevis. Um, you you you've a couple times mentioned the different dynamics between Nevis and Saint Kitts. Um, yes. How did that evolve? It, it just—I mean, for uh, two co- two islands that are only six miles apart, it seems you know—I—I uh, I, I don't know.
2: Well, they are six minutes apart. They're only two miles apart, but six minutes by water apart. Um, What? And the, and this is just my my theory. I think it's historical. So, at one point, it's in, in its history. Was, was part French and part British. Because you know back then, all these um, European countries were uh, fighting for different Caribbean islands and just grabbing what they could. But at one point, Sinkets was both French and British. Um, Nevis, on the other hand, smaller, was always mm-hmm. British. But at the same time, we we were called the queen of the Caribbean because Nevis was such a, as small as it was, it was such a significant colony for Britain because of the, the yield that they got from the sugar cane on Nevis was just so much. So that in itself, um, I think put us on, on a sort of different trajectory that resulted in what we are today. Um, so we, we were some, some different things happened. I, I think, um, hence the reason why our accents are a bit different from Nevis to Sinkets because probably the, the French, the French sort of connection on Sinkets. But then on Nevis, you know, we've always, it's always been in the hands of the British. But when you when you also consider the fact that there's certain things that happen um, after slavery. After slavery, um, it sort of worked out that the divisions. Um, farmer enslaved people are you basically ended up with your with land you you had your land so i, I think that in itself um, maybe from a psychological point of view some you know somebody who deals with sociology and psychology and um, you know um, economics related to those things can probably explain that but I think that had something to do with it because Unsink It was a, a bit different, a, a different sort of setup. after. So um, personally, and this is just my personal theory, as I said, I, I believe that those, those are the things that sort of influence what we ended up being and, and who we are as people. And um, the, the other thing is there are some funny things that you'll recognize. So Unsink um Sink has a run rum distillery, etc. You know, rum that is there. And for years Nevis never had anything like that. And apparently, somewhere back in the history, apparently Nevis wasn't a place that was supposed to have somewhere in the law or something, we were not supposed to have rum. So the stuff that most people call bush rum or moonshine, etc. Here on Nevis it it has a name called Hammond. Because apparently the British sent this guy down to police <laughs> um the rum on Nevis to make sure that no one was making rum and his name was his last name was Hammond. <laughs> so eventually, <laughs> 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 hey, eventually
1: his, went, his last <laughs> name was really Cumberbatch, but he <laughs> used that disguise. Yeah, I'm just
2: <laughs> Oh must be <laughs> Um
1: a couple questions to get you out of here on um uh, we mentioned this at the beginning of the show i believe is nevis open or is it opening and if so when
2: well um both think it's nevis the, the the government says october um we're still waiting for the details on and, and the specifics of what um opening really means um because the other thing that we we have to think about is um quarantine does it mean after we open does it mean that there is gonna be a quarantine? Or does it mean that we're, we are gonna have um, a situation where people can just come and it's business as usual? We don't know yet until they tell us exactly what the protocols and the new regulations are gonna be. When they're very specific about that, we're gonna know how it is. But they did say that it will happen in October. They'll give the specifics as soon as possible, I assume. But it's something to look forward to. I mean, just knowing that and, you know, it, it, having, having some semblance of a day as to when this is going to happen has really um, injected some energy gotcha. in, in the life of, of the economy.
1: Okay. And, and lastly, tell our audience where we can learn more about you, your website, uh, how, to, how to book tours with you, how to work with you. Tell our audience where we can find you.
2: Well, you can find... Um, nevissuntours.com, That's that's our website, nevissuntours.com. You can communicate with me directly. It's Greg at nevissuntours.com, or um, you can follow me on LinkedIn.
1: Well, my friend, I want to thank you for doing this. This has been fun. I have learned a lot. Uh, I will not say that I've never been to Nevis again because I just took a tour with you virtually. So you'll uh, <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to get Cumberbatch's wallet open to get me there. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's easy. It's, you don't even have to open it. It's so full, it's spill it over. So. <laughs> <laughs> all, you do, all you have to do is stay close and pick up, pick up some of what falls up.
1: You know, Dave, uh, um, Nevis is not the place to go if you're looking for robust nightlife and partying and all that stuff. You can save that for its Sister Island St. Kitts, but Nevis is a great place to get away
0: from it all. And I'll tell you what, Michael, you're so right. Even on, even on the website, the Tourism Board's website, it says that Nevis is one of the most unspoiled and relaxing islands in the Caribbean. It has vivid blue skies, clean air, and long, empty beaches. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you,
1: you know, one of the things I, I, I also looked at that website earlier today, and one of the things that they like to discuss a lot is ecotourism that's a, that's a big, big deal on Nevis. Um, you know, whether it's the, um, uh, rainforest or whether it's, you know, h- hiking and, and trail, uh, biking and things like that. Uh, they, they make a big deal out of their ecotourism. I even saw some place where they have a, a, a sea turtle tagging, I guess sea turtles come in and, and, um, you on the islands and they tag them before they go back out into the sea and stuff like that. So, you know, I I think in keeping with that and the fact that Nevis does not allow building, I think I saw something they don't allow building like at elevations over a thousand feet. So that's actually pretty cool.
0: Right. Right.
1: But, um, you know, one of the things that uh, most people um, don't know about Nevis in in addition to it, just it's quiet atmosphere is that it's also St. Kitts and Nevis are the same country. And, A lot of the people, because of the airport situation, a lot of people actually fly into St. Kitts because it has the larger of the two runways for international traffic. And then they just take the taxi over to the water taxi, if you will, over to uh, Nevis, which is only a six minute ride. And those taxis, from what I understand, go every hour. So it's not like once you land, you can't go over to Nevis. You can, it's really fast.
0: It's only only two and a half miles away from from St. Kitts. And the, the, one of the things that I like about Nevis, it's actually special to me. One of the things that I like is that you can have a sort of lively, upbeat lifestyle and, and St. Kitt's. And, and you can go to Nevis for peace, quiet, tranquility and all the things that our guests spoke about.
1: You know what? That's the you go to Nevis to pass out. Okay, let's let's get this real. Quick. You know, you, you you've been on Saint Kitts. You're partying your tail off. You know, you you're just hoping you catch that water taxi back in time before they shut down service for the evening. And and then you go hang out. You know, at, at Nevis for a day or two, recover, run over to Saint Kitts real fast, party again, and then come back. You know, that that's actually pretty cool. I I can get with that.
0: Listen, but you were telling Greg, you were telling our guests about me and my adult beverages. So you're saying that Nevis is not for me, St. Kitts is the place that I should stay? Well,
1: it depends. Like on, on Nevis, it's sipping. You know, you sip your drink, you know, you just chill. You got your feet in the water or or if you happen to be at one of the smaller, you know, little, uh, I guess you to into a and b with one of those 30 uh, room resort properties, You just chill. You know, when you go over to St. Kitts, it's like, okay, where's the next drink coming from? You know, you just keep it going. So, you know, you, you, you know, it depends on your perspective. You can kind of play on one and, and relax on the other. I mean, I, I understand. I don't, Greg mentioned somebody famous who had gone to, to Nevis just to get away from it all because it was quiet. Yeah. Um, and, and I can empathize with that. I mean, you and I both live in really big cities and noise pollution for us is a big deal. I mean, we don't know it until we get out of the city and you look around and say, wow, it's quiet here. That's Nevis.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? Nevis is rich in adventure, cycling, fishing, hiking, and walking, horseback riding, uh, sailing, and water sports. I mean, Nevis has a whole lot to offer. I guess we didn't get into all the different things that Nevis offers during the interview with Greg, but they also have annual events like the Nevis Marathon, the Nevis Triathlon, cross channel swimming i mean we talked about the mango festival we're not gonna go back there <laughs> but it, no,
1: I, I think I, i'm mangoed out right now
0: but go ahead <laughs> but uh for the folk for the folks who are looking to get married nevis offers some great packages as well so
1: you you're trying to get me married yeah again. i've
0: been trying for the longest time you keep talking about your girlfriend you know it'd be really nice if you talk about your wife
1: one of the one of these days my friends one of these days
0: um you're someone that's never lost for words and i said that and all of a sudden i heard a a definite silence there
1: well it it actually reminded me i remember probably 10 years ago my uh, grandmother's sister who just you know recently passed away she we were at a, a function in in ohio and she pulls me aside and she starts rubbing my hand. She was like 90 at the time. She's rubbing my hand and I'm looking over. And I says, Aunt Gertrude, what are you rubbing my hand for? She goes, what's a good looking man like you not married for? And I started laughing and my mother was nearby and she started laughing. And, and then I hear, don't go there. <laughs> so.
0: I thought you were actually going to say uh, that your grandmother said, what's a nice looking lady like this doing with a guy like you? <laughs> nah, sure.
1: you got you got to remember I am I was my grandmother's only grandson you know I got uh, my all my first cousins are all girls so I was like I was like her pride and joy and everybody in the family knew it
0: so you're spoiled <laughs> uh, well, only by her my mother wasn't having it
1: um but um also by the way before we get too far down the road When we had Greg on, we didn't know when uh, Nevis and St. Kitts were going to open. Uh, They were one of the last Caribbean island uh, uh, destinations, the federation, if you will, uh, that had not announced any opening plans. Well, they have since come up with an opening plan that they're still putting the plan together, but they have targeted October 31st as the opening of uh, international visitors back to uh, both uh, Nevis and St. Kitts. Um, So that, that is, is good news. Um, but we still don't know the requirements yet that are going to be in place. You know, a lot of the island nations have things in place like, you know, you have to have a negative COVID test within 72 hours of travel and you have to have health insurance and things like that. So that is still to be determined.
0: This is really a good thing. And they actually came the with program, a training session for travel. It's called the Travel Approval Seal. Uh that's interesting i mean that actually shows what nevis is doing um at this time in terms of covid uh so you know they're actually doing things to make the visitor experience be you know be be a good experience one of which you you don't have to fear that much of covid especially coming out of north america
1: and for those people who are listening to this and you want more of an update on what's going on in terms of when you can travel, uh, you can start by going to I believe the website is nevisisland.com. I believe it's their website. Yeah. And they will they will start posting things soon about the entrance requirements and what you need to do to go there and and, and check it out. But um, you know, it, I think it's worth a visit. You know, uh, you know, especially those of us who are based in the U.S. We've got Uh, an election coming up, which is sucking all the oxygen out of the room by the time October 31st comes. Y'all going to need a break. Okay. I'm just telling you, you just need to get away. So Nevis would be a great place to go.
0: And I don't know if you read Michael about the Nevis tourism authority came up with something called the Nevis tourism ambassador partnership uh, program. And this program shares unique Nevis experiences with a global audience. Uh, I'm not sure if you got a chance to see that program or to read anything about it.
1: I didn't see that. That sounds cool.
0: Yeah, it is it is really cool. And and this is where um, they actually have selected from across the spectrum, six tourism ambassadors. Um, one deals with one is a travel advisor. You have an influence influencer and. And so on. And you have a a journalist as part of that whole group. And, oh, you know what?
1: I did see something like that. I actually know one of the ladies uh, tangentially. I don't know her that well, but I actually know one of the ladies who's part of that. Uh, I think her name is Marjorie, Margie Jordan, I believe. You're correct. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I did see a piece of that. I didn't read the entire story though.
0: So they're actually doing things to, to in, in this time where, destinations don't have the type of money to spend, and folks are feeling some anxiety about traveling, what they're pretty much doing is asking these folks to share their experiences about Nevis, you know, and that's a good thing.
1: That's actually pretty cool. I, I just pulled up their website. It's the same website for the tourism authority. They also have the six Nevis Tourism Ambassadors listed right on the homepage. So, you know, for those of you who have outstanding questions, it, it may behoove you to contact one of them. So th- that's cool.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I tell you, Nevis is really cool. i tell you Nevis was special. It's special to me.
1: Well, that's because you like them rum drinks.
0: But but not only that, I'll tell you something, Michael. It's a good place to, I mean, it's a nice place to get married. I mean, um, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're going back there again, huh? Don't want to put any ideas in your head, but I mean, you know, just just thought I'd say something.
1: Yeah, you're just going to get me in trouble with my girlfriend when she hears this. (laughs) Yeah, this is something we had planned on doing a while ago. And, and, you know, with all the things we've had to deal with, with taking care of senior citizen parents and everything like that, it just kind of, I don't want to say got pushed to the side, but it got pushed to the side.
0: Yeah, but, Michael, and I'll tell you, I am so COVID knocked out. I'm beginning to feel as though I took a Mike Tyson punch, (laughs) this this experience, that I, I can't wait to travel again. And Nevis is certainly one of those places that I really, really want to travel once. You know, we get over this COVID and all the anxiety and all the issues that is dealing with borders being closed and so on. Nevis is going to be one of the first places I visit.
1: You know, I, I haven't, other than that one uh, plane ride, which was 45 minutes to go visit my son, I have not ventured on an airplane yet, but I, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm tired. Um, uh, I'm mentally fatigued with the COVID, the election, all the nonsense that's been going on in the United States. Um, and a piece of me thinks maybe I should risk, you know, taking a plane ride, you know, of course I'm on the West coast. So for me to get there, it's probably eight or nine hours on the airplane, which is honestly might be the only thing prohibiting me from going right now because uh I could use a place like Nevis just to unplug you know, go ride a horse in the morning, uh you know, go ride a bike someplace, you know eat local cuisine or you know put my feet in the water on the beach. you know, I, I like the idea that outside of the I believe it's the four seasons, they don't have a lot of big resorts, you know twenty and thirty room properties, you know sometimes you just gotta get away from it all.
0: You just have to get away, and um I don't want to stretch this out with you, Michael, but I'm looking on their website. And the website lists the Mars requirements. So we can ask folks to go. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and you're paying for everything. Oh, certainly. Anyway, folks. Uh, yeah, we want to um, thank Greg again for doing our show. Um, y- you know, trying to do a show on uh, the reopening of the Caribbean, regardless of what. Uh, country it is in a time of COVID and getting all the requirements right is a difficult task for all of us. So, you know, we're, we're getting there and, um, you know, we'll keep bringing you this information and talking to the newsmakers um, as they come. And Greg was, was a great guest and he spoke fondly of his country and I don't blame him. If you could see what we saw, that smile on his face was priceless.
0: It cer- certainly was.
1: So uh, I, uh, for Dave... This is Michael, and until next time, we will see ya.